Okay. Hi, folks. Welcome to episode four of On Purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me is the your favorite Tribune columnist, Heidi Stevens. How are you, Heidi? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. How do you feel uh, four, uh, three episodes in? I feel pretty good. I, I would love to hear what listeners are thinking yeah. uh, um, on our topics, on our conversations, on if there's stuff they want us to tackle. So, I would love to know um, that, too. Yeah. If we could take a second and tell people, hey, thanks for listening, and email us, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm uh, H. Stevens at ChicagoTribune.com. And I um, I have an AOL account, but I'm going to give you a different one because I'm mortified. This is the shame portion Super of the program. Super shameful. And I think I think Heidi did this on purpose, maybe, <laughs> to get me onto Gmail or something more contemporary. <laughs> uh, John G. Duffy at DrJohnDuffy.com. Oh, there you go. See, that's something. AOL is not the only way to reach you. No, it's not. It just is, in fact, a way to reach you, which is... Shamefully, Shameful. I will admit yeah. that goes directly to my AOL account. <laughs> so it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But yeah, email us, right? Yes, please. Yeah. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah. we'd love to hear. Um, today, we have our topic all planned out. I'm excited to talk about this one. This is a fascinating topic. So um, you wrote about this recently, and this is based on an Atlantic piece that we both read, what, last week or something? Last week. I read it late last week. Yeah. Yeah, about kids Googling themselves and finding basically their entire life story online from their in utero sonogram to Literally. their potty training updates to their soccer scores to, you know, how their report cards, how they did in Spanish. So now everyone knows they speak Spanish. So all sorts of data and information and details about these kids. And and some of the kids, and they all use pseudonyms in the Atlantic piece, yes. um, <clears throat> some of the kids thought it was pretty cool. Like, hey. Definitely, yeah. I'm, uh, a, I'm a out there. I'm right. in an article or my mom put a video of me out there. Yeah. And, yeah. And some kids were kind of mortified yeah. and saw pictures of themselves they didn't like and were trying to kind of screw up the courage to ask mom to take that off Insta. Right. Um, didn't want to be rude, but also kind of felt entitled to some privacy. Right. Kind of felt violated. And and just as a side note, one thing that struck me this morning is these aren't 17-year-olds. Like, these are like seven, nine, ten, nine 11. eleven, right? Well, the article said... God, I, want, I should check the statistic, but I think it said 92% of kids by age two yes. have a unique online persona, existence. And if you think about it, if you picture what you see parents doing a lot of the time, that makes perfect sense. I, you know, Because I see parents with a camera trained on their kid a lot. Yep. I see a lot of things on Facebook that involve very young kids. Um, we have a, a couple of close friends with littles, like, you know, toddlers who yeah. will kind of goad them into like, you know, acting for the camera. And I know I will cop to my son is 23. I know I did that kind of thing with a giant handheld yeah. <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> Different equipment. Harnessed camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, the same but, impulse. But there was no place to put it out there, you yeah. know, so I was able to show it to my mom and a couple other people. But right. I wasn't. It, there was no way to put it out there online. Yeah. Social media didn't exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm coming at this topic as someone who has had social media pretty much all my kids' lives. My daughter's 13, and I remember getting on Facebook when she was, I don't know, one or two. Yeah. Um, and I have, uh, I'm approaching this with all sorts of empathy and an open heart and open mind and 
not wanting to shame anyone. And I think the important thing to point out from the beginning before we even launch into this is one of the things that Devorah Heitner, the author of ScreenWise, told me when I was interviewing her on this topic, which is that, you know, parenting can be hard and isolating Mm -hmm. and people are looking for some connection and community and advice and to feel less alone. And social media does that. And sharing funny quotes and adorable pictures and even kind of embarrassing stuff about our kids helps us do that. Definitely. And so it's not, this is not a conversation that's in any way meant to scold people or, or make people feel like jerks for not thinking this through. This is very much me thinking this through in real time. <laughs> right. Um, this is me sort of calling from whatever articles and experts I can find to help me think it through yeah. and help people who are listening and reading think it through. Um, because I do, in a lot of ways, feel like this is a plane that we're building as we fly. Definitely. And, you know, the stakes are... Our kids, not just their safety. This isn't like a conversation necessarily about, you know, subjecting your kids to online predators, but just their right to privacy and their right to, um, you know, hold their life story and all of the details within that story um, as close to the vest as they want to. Yes. And that they get to decide, right, to curate that online identity. And yeah. I think that's really, it's it's such a tri- tricky topic because when I was writing about it, I wasn't thinking about kids Googling themselves, but I was thinking about like, you know, um, that we are coming upon a time and, and your kids are about of that age where we get frustrated with them for paying so much attention to their online identity, right? right. You're on Instagram, you're on Snapchat, you're on Facebook, some of them are still. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, we forget as parents, oh, we maybe were the first curators of that. Maybe we introduced them to the whole idea of that. And they're yeah. just carrying this thought forward yeah. a little bit in their lives. And I think yep. more and more that's going to happen. So to your point, I don't think the point is to shame anybody either. I think it's just to give us all a moment of pause yep. before we upload the thing. Right. You know? And my pre-reading the Atlantic piece pause. It's <laughs> a lot of peas. The the pause I used to build into my life before I read the Atlantic piece, I'll put it that way, was I had vowed after I read Devorah's book Screenwise back in like 2016 to start asking my kids their permission before I posted any pictures of them on Facebook. Facebook's really the only thing I use. I'm not on Instagram and I don't talk I don't put anything about my kids on Twitter. I mean other than stuff I write, but I don't put any pictures of them on Twitter. Right. Um Anyway, that was my pause. I will ask the permission. Devorah had excellent points in her book about that, that, you know, not only is it the proper thing to do, it's also a really good way to get your kids used to exercising control and agency over their body, over their image, um, learning and practicing saying no. No, yeah. I don't want you to take that picture of me. Or no, I, I saw that picture and I don't want it shared publicly. All of those things are good lessons for our kids and good practice for our kids. So that was my um, sort of rule. It only share it if they were okay with it. And it's a similar rule to the one I apply to my writing. I only write things about them, either in my columns or on social media, that I would say in front of them, right. in their presence, Right. But Devorah's point when I called her to talk about the Atlantic piece that really stopped me in my tracks was 
that, you know, kids, um, kids at age 9, 11, 15, any age, really, some of them are going to welcome that attention and internet sure. fame. Some of them are going to crave it. Some of them are going to be asking for YouTube channels even. Definitely. Um, I worked with a guy yesterday who wanted that. Yeah. Yep. My son's been begging for a YouTube channel for yep. about two years. Um, yep. so I'm saying no. Uh, and and then that craving and that identity that they want to have is, is going to be in flux. So there's also going to be probably a time in their life where they – don't want all that information out there. And so our jobs as parents, you know, is to sort of look ahead in a way that kids might not necessarily be able to. Right. And not just say like, oh, well, they said I could put it up, so I'm going to put it up. It's like, okay, they said I could put it up, and but should I? Right. Um, and, and, you know, she had some really important cautions, I thought, about stuff I see – Pretty frequently. Um, And, you know, she said, think about when your kids are applying for colleges, Mm -hmm. applying for jobs, just falling in love for the first time and sitting across from this person who they love and starting to pour out their heart and share some details. And, you know, do you want to give them the right to disclose what they want disclosed and hold back what they want held back? And that includes a childhood diagnosis, maybe. You know, she said, what if your kid doesn't want to self-report something they were diagnosed with at some point in life, but you've already shared it all over social media? It's a very potent example, right? Because that there is that maybe our need as a parent to gain some support for ourselves in ushering our children through that. but Find a community. Yeah. Find advice for experts in this, you know, specific need. Yep. Um, and at the same time, you know, that, that she and I and you understand that impulse, um, is there a way to get that community and get that advice and get those recommendations in a less public manner. Yeah, yeah. I um I was looking this morning um on Facebook and and being kind of a parenting guy. I was thinking, okay, so how does this play out online? So I looked at a couple of groups, and I won't name the groups of parents of kids at different ages, and some are massive Facebook groups, and people will share with their name attached to it. Um, you know, my son or daughter who's eight or nine does this? And, you know, does this suggest a learning disorder? Mm. uh, My seven-year-old is wetting the bed. What does this mean? And this is kind of a variation, I think, on what we're talking about. But there is this element of um, what a great way to gain some information and Mm -hmm. some support. And Mm -hmm. there are hundreds of comments for some of these queries. Yet, I always wonder, like, well, if I'm the seven or nine year old, or the fifteen year old, or the twenty two year old on grown and flown parents, mm-hmm. do I want my, you know, laundry out there, or right. is this something we get to hold sacred? Do I get a say in this? Do I get some, you use the word some often agency? Do I get agency over this? And right. I think it's important now that our kids have agency, in particular, over this. And we're kind of inventing this wheel as we go. Yeah. But to, to give your children some degree of agency over what's out there about them feels important to me. 
I think so, too. I think so, too. I, I'm curious whether you have um, kids who talk to you about this. Yeah. Yeah. This Do comes you? up. This comes up a lot. Um, the, the notion comes up often of you're angry at me for continuing to develop this, as I was saying a moment ago, this identity that that you started developing. So yeah. there is this. And um, I, I worked with somebody recently um, and she kind of pointed out to her mother, hey, this was about your identity. You know, mm-hmm. when I was little and you were posting stuff about my first day at kindergarten, my, my first dance recital, whatever, um, that wasn't about me. That was that was so your friends would see how good a mom you are. So there was kind of like um, seething underlying anger. Sure. You know, like how dare you use me right. to promote you, you right. know? Right, um, And now you're on me to get off my phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So I'm now I'm just following suit. You effectively modeled this for me, not using those words, but right. meaning that. Right. Um, and now, you know, I'm supposed to do something different. Yeah. Even though you've taught me nothing different. In right. A way. Yeah. That reminds me, this is slightly off topic, but also slightly on topic, so I'm going to say it before I forget it. It reminds <laughs> me of something that Michelle Eichert, who we've talked about in a previous podcast, told me once, because I, I, my daughter went away on her first overnight trip with um, classmates a couple years ago, and, and her texts were back to me were hilariously brief. <laughs> like, you know, four or five of my texts would go unanswered, and then finally I'd get one back, like, literally the letter K, or, like, the thumbs-up emoji. <laughs> Basically how I text my husband when I'm on deadline. So guilty, <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> However, I was like, you're far away, and I need some, you know... Guidance. Guidance and, and proof that, like, you're alive. <laughs> and, and maybe even having fun. Anyway, um... Right. Michelle, I was like, is she being rude? Do I need to teach her like proper tech manners? Like I'm paying this phone bill and how hard is it to send me a complete sentence? And Michelle was like, okay, she's doing everything right. Like you are probably one of those parents who is constantly reminding your kid to be in the moment, live in the moment, look up from your phone, hang out with the friends who are at your house right now. Right. Don't go sit in a group chat with the friends who are not at your house right now yeah. while your friend right. <laughs> sits in the corner, like be in the moment. I'm like, yeah, I am. She's like, she's being in the moment on her school trip and you're texting her and pulling her out of the moment yeah. and good for her for ignoring you. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's a really good point. Seriously. Uh, potent point. It's so hard, though, right? I mean, yeah. I get, I get her point, and I know Michelle, and I know she probably said that in the nicest way. She did. Um, yet, you know, that's that's tricky for parents, I think, because um, we're in an age where I think we're trying to um, walk the line between conscious parenting and ho- hovering and helicoptering, and right. we don't want to do too much of anything, but we also don't want to be negligent and find out, oh my gosh, something was terribly wrong, or she was really upset at camp and I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So, you know, we have to figure out what we need to know and what we don't need to know. Yeah. And, um, and I would guess if Michelle were in the room, she'd say, you probably need to know less yep. than you know. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think to the topic we're speaking about today, you know, the world probably needs to know a little yeah. less about how our kids are doing and yeah. looking and breathing. And um, it, it, one of the really poignant points that I thought Devorah made, two things I want to say. One is when she said that, you know, we really need to think long and hard about where our stories end and our children's stories begin. And I think that's hard. It's certainly hard for me. You know, I write about 
my life for a living and my kids are a huge part of my life. Of course. The biggest part of my life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually hard for all of us. Um, you know, these are these little people that, you know, are here um, thrilling us and confounding us and taking over our hearts and minds and, and, and our time and our and energy and our and our concerns and our fears, right? They right. go right to them. Right. Yeah. And that's like that feels like our story. Yeah. But is it our story to tell everyone, I guess? Right. And yeah. that's the question. I th- and I think it's a really tough question to answer. I um I don't know if you saw Dr. Shafali who um who I, I know and I and I'm very fond of. She wrote a book called The Conscious Parent a few years ago. And she was on Good Morning America, I think, uh, talking about this topic um, and really kind of laying into parents about like, this is um, over reporting on your kids online is fear based, it's ego based. Um, and it felt a little harsh to me, to be honest. Mm. Um, it felt a little harsh and judgmental because I think you're right that. It's hard to separate the stories. Yeah. Um, really hard. I don't know if it's possible. Right. Really. You know, I'm thinking about my parenting story and, and my clients' parenting stories. You know, they're so deeply involved with their kids that they'll take effectively three hours out of their day um, once a week to bring their child to this therapist to make sure he or she is doing okay. You yeah. know, so I couldn't say that anybody I ever see has negligent parents or parents who are just driven by their ego or their fears. Yeah. Um, they're trying to do the best job they can and use all the tools at their disposal. Yeah. So it's tough for me to lay into any parent and say, eh, I don't think you're doing a very good job. Yeah. I, I don't know that parent. Yeah, I am with you. I don't either. I also think, you know, as Devorah said, it, it would be be next to impossible to keep your kid completely off the internet. I sure. mean, not not keep them from being an internet user, but to keep their image off the internet. Even if you're not putting them out there on Facebook or Insta or wherever, probably their school clubs are, probably yep. their teams are. I don't share video of my daughter doing her trampoline routines, but her gym does. Right. Um, you know, anytime she competes in a beta club you know, competition, I'm sorry, debate club competition, um, you know, the debate scores go up on the school Facebook page. It's fine. I don't mind it at all. But to Devorah's point, like you would it would be a full time job to keep your kids off. scores and photos and, you know, little life details off the Internet. Or so Her point was like, maybe you don't make that your goal. Maybe your goal is you know, keep anything to the best of your ability, keep anything off the internet that's going to hamper their ability to live a full and rich life in the way that they want to, right? So don't disclose stuff that there's a really good chance they're not going to want disclosed or they're going to want to be the ones to disclose it at their own pace, in their own place. Um, And that to me feels like good Guidance. I agree. Um, it takes a lot of presence of mind, though, because you have to think not just like, um, would she be embarrassed if I put it up today? But what would this feel like 10 years from now? You right. know, because this stuff is, it's a permanent record in a weird way. You know, it's our first permanent record, I yeah. think, you know. And I was thinking this morning about um, my parents kept this photo of me as a baby 
in, you know, in a position I would, would prefer not to be seen uh-huh. in, <laughs> but it was in a box in the uh-huh. basement. And so, yeah. you know, like I, I could say, I wish you would get rid of this, right. but nobody ever saw it. Yeah. And now we have the ability to just pop it right up there because yeah. oh, this is a moment. And, and without a moment's thought about like, how's this going to play out? over time. Yeah. And I think that's the tricky part is to think like, okay, I have a six-year-old now. What's my 16-year-old going to feel about that a decade from now? Right. That's tricky. I think that's hard to to forecast. But I would guess that the right answer is to err on the conservative end of that. I think so. Yeah. And I think to so. hold it off. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Also, I'm going to just parrot everything Devorah said to me <laughs> at this point <laughs> I thought was really good. Um also modeling for our kids that people exist and people matter completely independent of their online presence, right? So that crossing guard that you see every morning matters and has a full life, whether she's on Facebook or not, whether you're Facebook friends with her or not. Someone doesn't need to be Googleable to matter. And that sounds like well, duh. Right. And I can just make sure I say that sentence here and there. But to actually model that in the way we go about our lives and just experience our kids doing and saying lovely, interesting, memorable things and not feel the need to document them on Facebook real quick, right? Um, I think is probably more powerful and would stay with our kids more than just saying, now, you know, you know, that crossing guard likes aren't everything. Yeah. Right. Followers aren't everything. Okay. Then why are you on Facebook during my soccer match? Yeah. Posting my goal. Why aren't you just cheering with your phone in your purse? Yep. And being in the moment like you're pressing me to do. Right. Right. Yeah. If likes don't matter. Mom. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, seriously. We... <laughs> Note to self. Is that... <laughs> okay, you love that. I don't have a kid who plays soccer, so I changed certain details of that story. <laughs> well, I can say the same about water polo at a time, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I can hear myself in the video screaming, you know, and I realize... Yeah. Oh, this really is about me. Like when right. I listen to it back, I'm like, I, I can't put this up because I'm mortified about right. my behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- this reminds me of a concept. Not not to not to belabor the point, but um, I, I worked with uh, a, a teenage girl a couple of years ago, and um, and she to your point about like um, that person has an identity separate and apart from the internet. Yeah. So our kids now are starting to recognize, oh, I have all these identities I have to attend to. I have, you know, this identity with my teachers, with my friends, with this group of friends and that group of friends, with this team um, and my family and on Instagram and on Snapchat. And, um, And I remember kind of making light of it. And she said, you know, well, this isn't funny. This is identity traffic. And I, I have to navigate that. Wow. And think about how. So stressful. So stressful, right? So if we can help our kids modeling just a way to navigate all of this, um, I, I think we're helping them a lot because I don't know what, what an online presence looks like five years from now. Right. Because it's it's stressful enough now. It's overwhelming to kids now. Right. And it's gonna it's gonna amp up in some way 
that I don't think we anybody but a few people maybe out in Silicon Valley have any idea. Right. And and that previously really the only people only kids who had to worry about that were sort of like kids of presidents or yeah. kids of movie stars or you know kids who had some very concrete reason to sort of be dealing with fame right. and the public lens trained on them you know every second of their lives um now that's sort of an every kid absolutely issue yeah there, there's this element of insta fame and it can be on a very macro scale you know a kylie jenner kind of scale or it can be like you know two-thirds of my high school it follows me on instagram mm-hmm. that's pretty good you know mm-hmm. like that's i'm pretty well known yeah yeah are you talking about yourself right now i am yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's more than two-thirds by the way <laughs> i will pat you on the back when we're done recording i'm kidding <laughs> it is not more than two-thirds but yes so you're on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. I am. Yeah. And I actually really enjoy Instagram. I really enjoy Twitter. I, I don't think that these are all the root of evil. In Same. Fact, one cool thing about Instagram, I find, is um, when I work with kids, um, they often want me to see their Instagram. And sometimes even their Finsta, which is kind of their fake Instagram. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with this? Yeah. Concept? Talk about it a little bit. Though, all right. So I'm sure you know more than so I do. So Instagram is kind of like, this is my public my more public persona that I'm willing to have thousands of people see. I'm using my real name. I'm using my real name. I'm not I'm hiding t- my identity. I'm letting my parents way. follow me and everything, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Finsta is short for fake Instagram. And um, and I don't know many kids, if I'm being honest, who don't have a fake Instagram yeah. account. And that's where they kind of curate who can follow me. You know, um, usually adults are out. You yep. know, and it's a it's a select few friends or something like that. And if something um, either personal or a little gamey, little mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, a little uh, yeah, the ledgy that that's likely to show up on on Finsta more. And but either way, if you, if you look at a lot of kids' accounts, they're either really clever, really funny, really beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I saw an account, a sixteen year old girl. And she had curated it so that it, you know, just color-wise, it was mm. it was art. It was beautifully mm. done. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I I also encourage parents not to dismiss that online presence as folly because your kid probably takes it pretty seriously. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and all the good things that we get out of social media, you know, that they're getting maybe not the same ones, but just as many yeah. good things out of it. And you know, certainly, so many of my friendships are enriched through social media actually exist almost solely through social media certainly in the as well. job I do you know mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of people who I only know through a computer screen and right. that's fine I'm learning from them I hope they're learning from me right. I'm interested in their thoughts and their experiences I mean we, we all benefit from more connection, not less, I think. Definitely. And I don't think social media takes away from interpersonal connection the way I think a lot of adults do. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan. Um, I also want to make sure my fandom (laughs) doesn't, um, you know, take over my common sense and my desire to protect my kids. And again, not just from 
predators or like, you know, the dark seedy underworld of, you know, the Internet, but just to safeguard their right to their life story and yeah. who hears it and when. Right, right. And, and not to dismiss that idea of the dark CD underworld. I've worked with kids who have fallen victim to a lot of things. So there is a safety issue yeah. there as well. But I think what we're talking about today is really that like allowing them to have agency and um, and feel competent in managing that identity, which they're going to have to do the rest of their lives in yeah. one way or another, you yeah. know, and to let them do that from the beginning, I think is smart. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, that the Atlantic piece gave me a ton to think about. The follow up conversation with Devorah, you know, as soon as I read the Atlantic piece, I emailed her like, "Help, can I call you?" Perfect <laughs> you, person to call. You, you know how that is. I've I've often emailed you on AOL. Um, hey, help! Um, so Devorah was the hey help this week. Um, that has given me a ton to think about. I, I hope this conversation we're having is giving people a little bit to think about too yeah um and again it, the, there aren't that many like black and white do this don't do this you should never you should always right. in, in these conversations i just think it's important to for all of us to keep trying to have them yeah a parenting is tricky i think especially now and i think the more we kind of talk about like what works what doesn't work what makes sense the better off we're going to be. I, th- for that, I really love those online parenting groups because there are really, really thoughtful ideas being shared. Yeah. Um, but I, I think really the point of this is to act with intention as a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, and one thing I love about the way the Atlantic piece is written, the way your piece is written, is it kind of gives you pause and puts you in the position of picture being your child. Yeah. Googling yourself, you know, and yeah. would you be happy with what you saw or would you think, ooh, mom or dad crossed that line. I wish that wasn't there. And it's been there for a long time now. That's right. Yeah. 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 And we can do something about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So a little, just a, a little thought, a little intention. Intention's a really good word. Yeah. 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 Yep. So good. Hopefully, hopefully that works for you guys. And again, we want to hear from you. So, um, again, where can we reach you, Heidi? And I'm going to try to keep my AOL out of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can be reached at hstevens at chicagotribune.com. Okay. And I'm at uh, John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. And this is On Purpose. Have a great week, guys. <laughs>